You're listening to the Risk Takers podcast series coming to you today from our Chesley Brown headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. We're helping businesses explore better ways to anticipate and navigate risk before it becomes a crisis. We've been doing this since 1990. I'm your host, Brent Brown. Joining me this week is our guest, Terry Fisher, FBI Special Agent Retired. And he's going to talk about the electronic countermeasures. Thank you. Appreciate it. So before we get started into uh, talking about electronic countermeasures, tell me a little bit about your background with the FBI. How did you get into that field in the first place? Um, I came into the FBI. I was kind of, I was recruited. I was a um, engineer out of Washington, D.C. and um, was recruited to come because the FBI was going to set up an engineering facility where they were going to design and support the offices themselves. So um, I actually was recruited as an engineer and um, came wow. into the FBI as an engineer and recruit. That's interesting. It, it's, a, it's always amazing the, the type of backgrounds that, that the FBI gets, and that's uh, your living proof that engineers and accountants and CPAs and lawyers, and that's really what the FBI's always been looking for. Yeah, they, um, they, they saw, they could see that there was going to be a need of um, engineering electronics, so they, um, they built a facility and uh, they they basically self-supporting. They supported themselves in the, wow. in that area. That's amazing. So when you were in school, did you have any indication that you might want to join the FBI, or was it totally recruited? So it wasn't. It wasn't so much a, a FBI. I was I was interested in law enforcement. Right. Um, just just being around it. And um, but I promised my mom I wouldn't be a police officer because she was afraid that, um, you know, those long nights, if every time something right. would happen, she'd get upset. I'm well, sure. then I well then I got into the FBI, and uh, when I got to Atlanta, they had the Atlanta prison uprising, and I think she saw it on saw me on CNN or something like that, and she goes, <laughs> you said you weren't going to do law enforcement. <laughs> I said, Mom, it's different. <laughs> so uh, every FBI agent... Uh, has to do those things as well, but you yeah. you created a an expertise uh, in a in a field uh, electronics. Um, so we're we're talking about the uh, uh, electronic countermeasures. So in layman's terms, this would be uh, what we would call sweeps. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that most people, probably our age, um, the younger folks won't won't appreciate this as much. But the Watergate made us understand what bugging was and what mm-hmm. sweeps were, and um, so. Can you give me an idea of what that looks like today? Why are people still bugging each other? So um, when I first started, um, it was pretty easy to find the devices because um, they were they were on a certain bandwidth and uh, they were pretty large. You know, so right. someone would someone would bring it in or they'd have to run it by battery. Battery only lasted a few hours. They'd bring them in and then they would come get them. Nowadays. So they had, gotten, to, they had to physically come retrieve what they were recording. Physically retrieve it. Gotcha. So they'd come back and get it, you know. So if we could catch it, if we could, we could almost find a majority of them with just a physical sweep. We could just look wow. through and find out what didn't, what was out of place. 
Okay. Um, there weren't any cameras usually because the camera would have to remember camera would, was was a large lens that right. you'd have to stick in a box. You you, you remember those days the Absolutely. pole cameras and all. So that that big pole camera was in this big gray box. You Absolutely. know, then we had to figure out how to power that box up. You know, uh, so we did. There wasn't a lot of that, but nowadays. Now, I mean, um, if you go on online and look at some of the devices, you can see how much of a challenge it is right. for us these days. Um, they can they can run a battery for eight hours now, um, you know, on some of these devices because they become more energy efficient. They don't use as much uh, power on them, and they can also hide them in places. They can now put it in a coffee cup, right. you know. So things have changed quite a bit. So it's been a it's it's actually been a it's even it's more interesting for us nowadays because it's like a challenge. We know we know information's getting out, and now the challenge is to find out how it's getting out of the business. So, is it safe to say, Terry, that um, if you think you can do a sweep on your own, and you can buy this stuff, uh, I don't think Radio Shack is that popular anymore, but you, you can buy it online. That that's pretty much what I would refer to as a party favor. That's really not going to get you anywhere, right? Yeah. So, um, so if you if you buy one of those devices and you turn it on, you'll see it. It's pinging constantly. Right. Um, and then you, and then you just think about what you have on your body alone, but between your cell phone and, um, you know, something in the house or, you know, there's the, um, if you turn on your Wi-Fi, how many connections there are, and right. then you see your printer, that's the printer's Wi-Fi. Right. You see your stove is Wi-Fi. My, my refrigerator even has Wi-Fi on it, right. you know? <laughs> so, your refrigerator's bugging you. My refrigerator's <laughs> bugging me. <laughs> so, so it, it's totally changed nowadays because we we now want those those cool gadgets, you know. Right. I, I actually had a case where a person thought they were being bugged because every time they got in their car, their their cell phone was was making this humming sound, and so I w- we went to the car to figure out well where could that sound coming from. Well, it was coming off at a, a frequency of a two point five gig frequency, almost like Wi Fi. So I'm like, what in the world? So. I, I take it to the dealership and ask them about it. He says, oh, that one came with Wi-Fi. The people sitting in the car can actually connect Wi-Fi while they're driving. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, you are kind of being bugged, but you you bought that feature. Yeah, you did that yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, along those lines, well, what's your feeling about uh, Alexa and Siri? Are they listening to us all the time? So um, Alexa is it, it's, it's not it's, it's listening for the, for the key word of Alexa. Um, and so it does, it does have a buffer in there where, you know, it, it is hearing noise and it's waiting to hear that word Alexa so that it can, it can then make the connection for you. So it does have a buffer in there. And, um, I think uh, people have noticed it was actually a very public case where, you know, there was a murder and they actually seized it so that they could actually show that there was that argument in the house and Alexa had actually recorded that. So it does have a buffer in it where it is waiting for the, it's waiting to hear the name Alexa to activate the device. So it does record on it. So there, there are things around us all the time that uh, I remember a, a case we had at Chesley Brown years ago. Uh, we did a, a sweep of a, a client that um, this was when the, the phone systems were first starting to come in where you didn't have the phone guy to come in anymore. He, he dialed in and our, our countermeasures guy said, um, you know, they really don't have to be bugged from the outside because, in effect, if their phone guy wants to get the information, are you seeing those challenges? And that was at least 20 years ago. So the challenges have to be even far more sophisticated now, right? Yeah. So um, that's interesting you say that because 
on our staff, we actually have a phone expert, digital phone system. <laughs> and, and, and it's exactly like you said. So we had a business and we check out their phone system and said, everything's fine, except you're having a connection into your system out of Canada. Right. And, and so we brought the phone guy and he goes, he goes, yeah, there's a feature on there that I don't have to, I don't actually have to call. You don't actually have to come into the office to set, you know, change extensions and fixed voicemail and all that. I can do it remotely and, and you're supposed to turn that off. So they actually had a situation where someone was actually dialing into their phone system right. And, and looking to see, you know, which is a lot of information. People don't think it is. I mean, because Absolutely. you show the employees' names and you show their extensions. But now if I Google it and find out what employee I'm, lo- I'm looking for, and then I know I can now go in and check their voicemail or something like that. So that's a lot of personal information, you know, right. that someone could get a hold of. So <clears throat> walking through the process of, um, uh, let's say we've got uh, a company doing a board meeting and, and – uh, yeah, you and your team go in, and where do you start? What, what, what's the process look like? What kind of equipment do you carry nowadays? Kind of, kind of walk us through that. So, um, we have a we have assortment of equipment that uh, that we use um, from my engineering days. That that people we've we've given it fancier names, you know, like right. our, our spectrum analyzer is called an Oscar, you know. <laughs> so it's, it does the same thing as we did in our labs, you know. It looks at the spectrum, you know, from eighty hertz to to 30 gigahertz, but we're looking we're looking for a particular frequency that stands out when we go into those areas, you know, to see well what is that frequency there. So we've then taken that spectrum analyzer, we've made it a computer and incorporated that. So we can do a lot of cool things with it. So I can I can compare one room to another. I can compare the outside to the inside. I can compare, you know, all the frequencies of of the Wi-Fi bandwidth to see how close it is. Is it inside? Is it external? So we've we've done a lot of things to that device that we can can look at frequencies a little better. But saying all that, our, our number one thing is we're investigators. So we before we even set up our equipment and all, we do a very good interview to find out you know, what kind of information is going to be in there, what they would be looking for, um, what type of staff is going to be around. Um, are they going to have breakfast in the morning? Are they going to have someone bring in lunch? Are they going to have breakfast outside or lunch outside? Because all those things could be compromising to your... That's right. Okay. Think about think about if I bring in coffee right. on a tray. So if I put a device on that tray, I can record that conversation at that meeting after everyone leaves, I take the tray out and bring in another tray with sandwiches. Exactly. That's so true. I can take that device with me. So we we look for all that. We look for that, and we have we 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 actually clear a room a day before a meeting, and we lock it down. No one goes in that room, except the the person, one of their security people. They maintain that room, and yeah. they maintain it the whole time they're having a meeting. And we don't allow them to bring in brochures that haven't been looked at. We don't allow them to bring in food and drink unless it's been looked at. And we've looked at those carts. So, Terry, can can a device be planted that is that small that it could be in a brochure or any other device that you mentioned that could be compromised once you've cleared a room? So that the answer is yes, it could be. But the, the, what we found is they don't usually have devices that small. Right. They do things like they give out ink pens. Okay. And uh, ink pens can have a, a, I have an ink pen myself that has over eight gigs of memory on it, on that ink pen. 
And it's it's for you know if you're if you're transcribing, you've got things to do while you're driving. You can just talk into that pen. Right. Well, I can get several of those and just set them on a table, and someone is going to pick it up or you know or activate it, and they're they're using it because it's sitting there now with the with the um, the audience picking that's, up that information. That's fascinating because if you think about every meeting you ever attend, there's always a pad and a uh, pen. That's right. You know, I think that's for um, that's a nicety. Yeah, and that could be the very thing that compromises, and that and most likely mm-hmm. that's put out the morning of when you've already swept. Correct. That's right. That's right. So we don't we don't let them bring that stuff in. <laughs> and we don't we 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 have the company provide the pins. We don't allow any outside pins from the hotel. So the company has their pins and they put them in there. We make sure that they bring their brochures in and they don't let the hotel lay the brochures out for them. Right. Uh, we make sure that the chairs are chairs that don't have cavities in them where something could be placed in them. Right. Uh, they may be a little uncomfortable for the board meeting, but we, we rather they have a chair that we can look at and see if something is placed on that chair. Interesting. So is there also um, countermeasures that someone could take? Let, let's say you've swept a room and you, you've cleared it and you've taken all the precautions. Is there is there countermeasures that someone could take, such as white noise or something that would disrupt anything that's brought in after the fact? So we don't have a generator like that because of the fact that it would interrupt other meetings. Mm-hmm. So um, you, usually they aren't the only ones in that hotel room. Right. So it would it would basically, um, at one time we even talked about uh, cell phone jammers. Right. Uh, but um, you run into a situation because what if someone has a, a medical emergency and now you've jammed the cell phone uh, signals? I see. Uh, so we, we got away from that. So our best thing is we tell people, leave the phones outside. Uh, okay. We just don't let devices in there. And then to, to verify that they've done it because it's very, very hard to get a person to let, let their phone out of their hand. Right. Nobody wants to give them up now. Nobody wants to give them up. And we've seen that at the White House where they said, Absolutely. Even though it's a situation room, I've got to have my right. cell phone. <laughs> I just, I've got kids at home, right? Uh, and we, and what we'll do is we'll just monitor to make sure that there are no calls made. If they do okay. have calls, we'll have a space outside where you can make calls uh, with the phone. Uh, so but, you can even during a during a meeting, you could set up and monitor, and if something were to compromise during the meeting, even after you've swept, right? Yes, we can. We can tell if they're getting a text message. We can tell if they're getting a Wi-Fi connection. If they're bl- connected Bluetooth, so we can see those frequencies because they're on different bands. Okay. So we can actually tell what it is on there. Uh, so we can then let them know that you've got someone in there that's texting right now, uh, and then they can go and try and figure out who it is. And it's really easy to see because their head is down and they're looking toward their lap. Right. You know. And they'll let them know, hey, you can't you can't do that while the meeting's going on because right. we're getting ready to discuss information that is very critical uh, to the company. How how often when you when you do a sweep do you find the information they're trying to protect printed in plain view, just kind of laying around? So we used to get that, but a part of our job is um, we do it for usually all the board meetings or, or important meetings, and we have we have gotten to their security people and we've educated them enough to know that. Do not put anything critical on the table until the time of the meeting. Right. Uh, do not put it out the night before. Do not put it in the binders and leave them outside the room. Uh, we, so we've, we've kind of trained them on how to protect your information uh, so that the, the staff does not get a hold of it. So it's more than just um, physical sweep. It's, it's the whole gamut of consulting and advising, right? That's um, correct. You know, you've got to 
we'll do the physical stuff, but you got to listen to us. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. So, interesting. And, and and you know what? Um, nowadays, it, it used to be a time when we got pushback. Uh, they would say, I've got to have my phone and I'm taking my phone in. Right. Or I've got to be able to take this booklet home with me because I have to review it, the, the, the financials before I get to the meeting. Right. And, and we've now gotten to the, to the point where we have actually had people who have taken, the, taken it home and someone has gotten a hold of it, you know, uh, staff that uh, they right. may have had help staff there, the lawn service people, something like that, right. where they've gotten into some information that they have then had to go back to the, the corporate CEO or the security director and say, I think someone has gotten into the, into the uh, information because I took home this booklet, which had proprietary information home and it disappeared. Right. So we have had those. So now we don't get much pushback. So it, it's a it's a very real possibility, and it, and it does happen that mm-hmm. um, people are looking for information, that people are compromised, uh, and and people are looking for intel against you, and mm-hmm. that that happens, right? I mean, I get asked that often from a, a business leaders: Does that really happen? And the truth is, it does. Correct? It does. It does. It happens with every industry. Um, we've had it um, just cases with the bureau that I worked. I mean, we had one with just a paint company. I never would have thought company. a paint company. I didn't. I didn't think that. I thought there was, you know, there's paints are just paint. red, white, <laughs> blue, you know, black, green. Um, but they actually have. They actually have copyrighted paint colors. Right. And someone was actually employees were actually going in there, getting that information and selling it. Um, you know Amazing. that paint. So it it could be anything. So every industry is vulnerable. They're vulnerable. That's that information is worth money. That that trademark, that copyright, that's worth a lot to that company. The company knows it, but the employees don't. The employees just right. think it's what's the difference? It's just black. So if you're if you're a maybe a medium-sized business owner and you're sitting there here listening to the podcast and you're thinking uh well there's nothing that that I say or do that that really anybody wants. That's not true. Not true at all. Because I guarantee you they have bought some software that they've hired someone to write for them that they haven't copyrighted, but they have that software and it's available. Right. Because everyone's on those computers and they know that software and they're looking at that software. And one day, one guy's going to leave, one guy or gal's going to leave, and they're going to rewrite that software, but using your ideas to run his business. And now he's competing against you. So your your hard work could be compromised just by you not protecting. That's right. Uh, yeah. So uh, you you talk a lot about the <clears throat> the electronic stuff, and where in the old days it was more physical. There's still a physical part of the search, though, right? When you're sweeping a room, I mean, you're uh, someone could still bring in a tape recorder and put it up under the table and retrieve it later, right? Ninety so percent of it is physical search. So we have two people that go over that building underneath the building on this outside building ceilings um, we we do a we go hands and knees all throughout that that building and that, that everywhere in that office we look uh, because you just can't you can't pick up if it's not pulsing a frequency you can't pick it up right we we even have a tool that we we so two of us are mechanics we both work on cars that's our <laughs> that's our hobby we work on cars we have a FLIR. So the way we do with the car, the FLIR is we can tell a hot spot on the engine if something's running hot. So we've adapted that FLIR to part of our search. 
So we can actually see through those walls if there's a heat, something heat generated out of that wall. Or we can see on that desk if there's a battery that's running something on a desk that's maybe powering a thumb drive that's recording. Amazing. So we, we've taken a lot of those things and we've adapted them to our physical search. Uh, we've got binoculars so that we can look and see if, if there's a pushback, a flashback from a, a lens. So if there's a reflection back of that small lens, we can see that that's up in the corner or something, or it's, or it's up in the tiles. We can see those things. That's fascinating. So we've done a lot with, with uh, just, our, just our regular stuff that we use with our physicals. I think it's uh, an understatement to say this is a true expertise, but it's, uh, is it fair to say that, you know, the, don't try this at home? <laughs> you know, the, this isn't something that you can buy something off the internet or that if you're not trained and, and have a lot of experience, that um, if someone is doing this for you, and they don't have your level of expertise and your team's level of expertise, it's really a false sense of security, right? It is. It is. And um, it's, it's interesting because um, I, I, I had a, a neighbor friend that asked me that um, uh, she works, she's, she was a, she's a nurse, and she was asking me about, um, she thought they were, they were watching her when she was going in to meet the client, you know, that they had something. So she went on the internet and she bought this little um, uh, frequency analyzer, uh, that she got for nine ninety five, and she she was asking me how it worked because whenever she turned it on, it was just it was just bars going up and down, and she couldn't tell if it was there or not. <laughs> and I I, I kindly told her I said, well, yours costs nine ninety five, mine costs forty thousand dollars. <laughs> so a little different. Mine's a little different. It's a little more sophisticated. <laughs> and, and I told her I said, and, and you your degree is in nursing, my degree is in engineering. <laughs> So I have a little bit of understanding of what, what, what I'm seeing on it, you know, what I can see with the frequencies, you know. So it's a little f- <laughs> uh, sophisticated that uh, yes. and the average person can't figure this stuff out. Right. And, and our, our team, we're all engineers. I'm in the electrical. I think one's got physics, you know. So we, we've all, we've all, we all took labs, and a part of our education was to learn how to work oscilloscopes and spectrum analyzers and, and what you're seeing with the frequency, you know, and, and the frequency – is, is frequencies are so sophisticated nowadays that you can actually put a frequency in a frequency on a sideband. Wow. So even though they may see something, it, it looks like it's a 2.5, but it's got a sideband. And that's what people see when they do their Wi-Fi. You notice there's 2.5, but there's all other channels off of that, you know. So they can run those sounds off of those and, and pick them up on the street. So it, it is. It's very technical. So it takes, it takes us, you know— Sometimes they'll go and try and do themselves, and they'll finally call us up and say, we know something's going on. Can you just help us out? <laughs> so it's better to be safe than sorry, as they say. That you know, let's, let, us, let us get in there and do our thing and, and make sure that your, your meetings are safe, that your officers are safe. And, yeah. uh, and it's not something that, um, that is going to last forever, right? I mean, you're going right. to have to keep having this redone. Yeah, we, we do it. Uh, we do, most businesses we do on a quarterly basis, but we also do... Um, uh, we do their board of director meetings right. because that that has become an issue where inside with insider trading, as we've seen in the I'll news. See. So they they all have now they have to go by certain guides and regulations when they have they're speaking about their board of directors and they're speaking of right. some things that are going on with the companies. So they'll bring us in for that and we'll make sure it's all clear. So they they have they have figured out the value of it now because now they're not in the news or or they don't have you know, someone that got information employee that ran out ran out and sold the stock, knowing right. that. 
they knew something was getting ready to happen big with the company, or they've gone on purchased a lot of stock because they knew they were getting something big was going to happen with the company. So we've got the companies basically have us come in on almost a retainer, basically. Right. We come in and we do it for them on those different uh, different meetings that they have. Amazing. So uh, for everybody listening, they're probably wondering, uh, uh, during your FBI days, did you actually place any devices out there? Well, <laughs> or is that a different well, team? Well, we can't talk about that. <laughs> That's a good answer. But I can tell you this: I, I I know I know very well how to put them in, and I'll know very well how to how to find them. <laughs> but we we don't talk about that. That's even though I'm out, I still I still have signed an agreement. I'm not allowed to discuss any of that. We'll leave it at that. So yeah, we'll leave uh, it at that. From the corporate standpoint, how often have you found something in a in a corporate suite? So uh, I get that question all the time, and I tell people, you'd be surprised at how much I I found. And and a very small percentage was employees. A very large percentage was the actual company. The company was actually putting it in to find out what the employees were thinking and what the employees were saying. So they put it in. So they, 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 the security director didn't know we were coming in. The CEO or someone had brought us in, and then we found it and said, we got good news and bad news. <laughs> good news, we found something. Bad news is it's connected to your network, which means it's your guys. Wow. So we, so, we, found, we found it both ways. That's amazing. That, so the true insider, insider trading, insider uh, theft, it's um, yeah. corporate espionage. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And sometimes it's just you're trying to see if the people, employees are goofing off. Right. But, you know, there's rules and regulations on when you can record people uh, without their knowledge, you know. So, and we, we, we tell them, you might, you know, just talk to your general counsel if you do something like that. But, you know, you, you're, you have to display things, you know, with your employees. But a lot of them don't want to because then they know they won't talk in that area right. or, or, or goof, goof off in that area. You know, right. So that's why you see a lot of signage display saying you could be under surveillance when you enter these premises. I see. So it's not always just uh, uh, somebody putting stuff out there and not having something backing it up. There really is a warning that's a legal warning. Yes. Just, just so you're aware. Yeah. Great. And, Great. But they'll still bring us in just to make sure they've got them in place properly and they're doing what they should do, um, you know, by not recording their conversations and all, you know. Absolutely. So, um, but we will come in and give them advice on it with the company and look what they Great. have. So, Terry, as we, we wrap up the last few minutes, uh, uh, you're obviously a tech guru, mm-hmm. uh, an engineer by training and education and an extraordinary a talented FBI agent retired, uh, doing great things for the corporate world and for uh, for Chesley Brown, and we appreciate that. But you don't, that's not all you did with the FBI. You were a SWAT team, right? Well, I so I was um, I was uh, work undercover property crime. Wow, which no one can understand. What what's an engineer? <laughs> that's my mom said. So you're an engineer and you you do what now? <laughs> Probably best you couldn't tell her all that. And, and now, and now you're, and now you're at a prison in SWAT gear. <laughs> so exactly, exactly, what is your job? It's the greatest job ever, you know, because uh, uh, you you had so much opportunity. So I'm I'm just one of those people. I just like doing a lot of everything. So, but but the the best thing that happened was my mom sending me to school to get an engineering degree because she knew I liked taking things apart. You know, right. so that was an asset for the FBI because I could work everyone's case. 
So That's I could work a bank robbery case. I could help them out with theirs. with getting the video for it or trying to set up surveillance. I could work a white collar case because I could get the computers. I could then find the information on the computers, the spreadsheets and, and all the information on that. I, I could work just about <laughs> any case there was. You know, I could work surveillance teams for them because I could go out and get surveillance video for them and go up in an airplane and, and, and you know, get pictures and things like that. Wow. So I was, I was called, a, I was an agent, but I was what you call a tech agent because I was a jack of all trades when it came to te- technology, you know, with it. So wow, it was a great career, you know. You know, and I, and I have to say that, that uh, you know, watching you at this point uh, in your, your career and your life, it's still inspiring to see how excited you are that you spent the time with the FBI and that you did what you did and that you're still doing what you do. And uh, so uh, on my behalf and everybody else that, that is lucky enough to get to know you, you know, thank you for still doing that. And thank you for the time you spent doing that. Well, thank you for having so, me. And I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate we all, We try to do a good job with yeah. the Bureau. You know, we, our thing is, you know, we, we just like, you know, any anybody out there in law enforcement, you know, just trying to help people in, right. in a time of need, you know. Right. And uh, I just enjoy, you know, you know what? I, I enjoy this job so much, you know, I, 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 I would do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> I know what you mean, but, but I still got to pay the bills, <laughs> That's <right>. you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you know, you you know how it is. It's a Absolutely. fun job. It's a fun job, Absolutely. you know. And and it's nothing more satisfying than someone has a problem and you're you're able to come to the rescue in a sense, you know, and help them out. There's you know, no doubt about that. Yeah, and it, it's it's a good feeling, you it, know. It, and it, it lets you know you're doing the right thing in I, life, you know. Absolutely, it's it's very satisfying, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is very you much know, so. I, I tell people that that I'm. I'm fortunate enough, to, I'm an entrepreneur, um, mm-hmm. but I'm a fortunate enough entrepreneur that I, I, I get to do what I love. And, and uh, I've combined that with, with the law enforcement and the security and background. And um, I'm just proud to be here, proud to be around people like you and, and mm-hmm. uh, grateful for that. So, Well, we have uh, fun. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your time and, and for uh, any of our listeners that, that are experiencing these, these type of issues. Or if you're planning a, a big meeting or uh, if you just want to be safe, you know, feel free to, to reach out to uh, Chesley Brown and we'll take care of you. Um, and if you have any other investigative needs, we're, we're there for you, too. You can contact our managing director of investigations, Del Spry, here at our corporate headquarters and we'll take care of you. So, Terry, again, thanks for your time. Thanks for Appreciate having it. me. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.